Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 95 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about managing entrepreneurial anxiety with Wendy Breakstone. We have a great conversation for you guys to listen in on today, talking about why entrepreneurs tend to struggle with anxiety, how we can set and achieve goals in our businesses, and some recommendations for planning for the future. Wendy also talks about systems that we need to set up in our businesses that are fairly simple to help us get started and really feel confident when we're showing up in our business and for our clients. Wendy Breakstone is a business success coach with more than 18 years of experience working with entrepreneurs and small businesses on their marketing, online presence, and foundational business systems. She got her own entrepreneurial start helping independent retail owners take control of their bookkeeping and business systems and soon transitioned to helping clients build and integrate e-commerce into their marketing and brand strategy. Today, Wendy follows her passion for coaching entrepreneurs that struggle with business anxiety, overwhelm, and frustration. She helps them take control and feel more confident by creating simple systems and strategies for long-term success. Wendy believes that when you simplify, success follows. To learn more about her coaching services and to get your copy of the Plan for Success workbook, check out the show notes where she talks about that. Uh, And we cover so many great topics in this episode that you're going to want to check out the show notes for the references and the things that you guys can do if you are struggling with anxiety and worry in your own business. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for joining me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me today, Samantha. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about this and I read your bio at the top of the show, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from and how you got started in business. I would love to. Thanks. Well, again, my name is Wendy Breakstone and I'm a business and systems coach. And basically through my years of entrepreneurship, I've found that Focusing on helping people that struggle with business anxiety and overwhelm is really where I feel like I can do the best help to serve people. And that comes about really from my story and where where I really started my entrepreneurial adventure, which was actually back in my mid-20s. And I was having a really hard time. I was struggling a lot with my own anxiety. And I had lost my father to cancer. I had a very high stress job. And truth be told, I had an anxiety produced breakdown. When you have a breakdown and you're kind of stuck at home, but you need to make money, I started a business. And at that point, just like that, I became an entrepreneur. And oh my gosh, I loved it. What I did is I started helping local businesses with bookkeeping. I bought a little, one of the first Apple all-in-one computers. I bought QuickBooks and I started a bookkeeping service and my entrepreneurial journey was started. All right. So how did you transition into what you're doing now? You know, over the years and really with my background in small business management and project management with a strong emphasis in marketing and systems development, Through my years of helping clients and even being in corporate settings, I realized that 
I am the most help serving people when I'm helping them create, you know, simple systems and strategies for long-term success. So at the beginning of 2017, I was laid off from my job. And that's really the moment, well, actually a few moments before that, when I knew that the layoff was coming, I knew that I wanted to really focus my energies on helping those smaller solopreneurs and service-based businesses grow. And I did a lot of work with some coaching programs to really hone my skills even more and be able to put the proper mechanisms and the proper systems in place for myself so that I could really help others grow their businesses in a, in a non-anxiety producing way. That's awesome. So I have talked to and heard from a lot of entrepreneurs who struggle with anxiety. And I don't know if it's just because of our personalities that we get into, you know, running our own businesses or, you know, what it is that seems like it brings so many people with that same tendency to this space. Um, But I'd love to know what you think about why entrepreneurs tend to struggle with anxiety. Yeah, you know, that is a great question. And, you know, I want to start by saying that I believe that everybody has something. And right now we live in this world of the seven-figure entrepreneur and may have a five-figure month and hustle till you drop. And all of these mindsets put so much pressure on entrepreneurs, on people that are just starting businesses. And people are so focused on what success looks like and how to achieve that success that sometimes I feel that the stress of it causes extra anxiety. You know, I think a lot of people, like you said, have anxiety or struggle with overwhelm or nervousness or worry, whatever they call it. And that can be that they started like me where they, you know, needed to find a way to get out of a corporate environment to be able to put some more structure in their lives, or they just had a calling to truly serve. But then you get wrapped into this entrepreneur, this lustrous, audacious, you know, goals that people are telling you to set, and it can really be overwhelming. You know, I recently, I read an article on Forbes.com. It was called Seven Reasons Entrepreneurs Are Particularly Vulnerable to Mental Health Challenges. You know, I think a lot of people are probably prone or have some anxiety that they're, that they're working through or struggling with or depression. A lot of times people are hiding it, feel very humiliated or ashamed by it. That vulnerability causes, I think, those mental health issues to, you know, sometimes grow. But the article states seven reasons, and I just want to talk about a few of them because I think they're so important. And number one is social isolation. And, you know, we spend a lot of time at at home or in our small office working alone. We're often not getting out of our pajamas. We're often going days maybe without showering because we don't have to or because we're trying so hard to get to that level of what we think success looks like. And I think that can cause a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I think the isolation is definitely a big one especially because when we start our businesses, usually we're used to working in an office where you're seeing people or going to college or high school where you've been around people for most of your day, all of your life, and then you're in a job where 
that's not the case anymore. And when you're just starting out, you might not have clients that you talk to on a daily basis. So it's really easy to be isolated. It is. And if you're an introvert and you tend to be shy or enjoy the alone time, it can really wall you in more. And if you're an extrovert, you end up missing it so much that it probably can cause some depression or a little bit of, you know, loneliness. So yeah. another, another one of the reasons that they talk about is the shame of pretending. And, you know, a lot of people feel kind of the shame of pretending. They're, they look like they have it all together. Their Instagram page is perfect, but really behind the scenes, they're kind of a hot mess. And imposter syndrome kicks in, wrapping your own self-worth into how your business is doing or how your perceived success is doing can cause a lot of anxiety. And our self-worth is there no matter how good your business is doing. We are valuable people. But a lot of people forget that as they start to get wrapped up into this, the entrepreneurial bubble. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. And we see that a lot because everything in your business depends on you, you're doing it on your own. And so it's easy to say, well, if I'm not doing a good job at this, then, you know, I am not worth as much. And we equate our personal worth with making money and all of that. So it gets really kind of tied up and tangled in there when we're talking about all of it and when we're thinking about it in our own business. It's so true. And you know, I have vowed that th this year in particular is going to be a year where I post what I want and when I want and not to try to make the perfectly curated anything anymore. And I'll tell you, the release of pressure is great. More people, I think, when they start to realize that, that their voice and their self-worth and their, their gifts are so badly needed out there and stop worrying so much on the success, I think that alone makes the anxiety just really release a little bit too. And you know, the final, the final piece of, and, and one of the things that was brought out in this article is, and I think this is extremely true, is people are afraid to show their vulnerability. and when you hide your vulnerability and you pretend it's not there, it causes you even more shame and humiliation. And I think when we show up in our business, and especially if you're a service-based business and you're a solopreneur, when you show and share truly your vulnerability, it can help your anxiety just release. And I know from personal experience that that has been one of the true gifts that I have found when working with clients is when I share my anxiety stories, it helps them to understand that it's okay and that they're still valuable even with anxiety. Yeah. And I love that I have seen a trend, at least with some entrepreneurs on social media, that we are sharing more of that, more of our struggles and what's going on behind the scenes and what it really looks like. And so I think we are coming to a place, maybe not everybody, but where there are people that are out there that are doing that, that are seeing really great results. So I'm hoping that as we see other people doing it, we're more willing to do that as well. And, you know, open up about those things and realize that it doesn't turn people away. It actually draws people in because they're going through the exact same things that we are. 
It, oh, you are so right. And I, I have really be, begun to also see that trend where people are really showing their true selves. They're showing up if they are in their pajamas and they haven't showered for a couple of days, they are showing up because they have gifts to share. And those people that are truly part of their tribe are going to be so attracted to them. And I see it in my own business. I'm sure you see it in yours as well. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about like those three main reasons. I think those are all very true and I've seen them in myself and other people that I've talked to, you know, business owners, people I've interviewed, there's a lot of these things that we really struggle with. So how can people who are struggling with anxiety or worry or whatever it is that they call that feeling set and achieve goals for their business? Because, you know, we are coming into 2019 when we're recording this, we, everybody's talking about goals and figuring out what's going on for the new year. So how can we balance those things? Yes, I love this question because even if we're right now, you're right. We are at the at the beginning of the year, but no matter when people listen to this, I think first and foremost, set goals based on how you want to show up in your business. Set goals based on how you want to help and serve others. I try not to set goals based on a monetary or dollar value because then you start to just chase money. And I think when you can get crystal clear on setting goals based on how and who you serve, your passion, your true purpose comes out and you will achieve those goals and also achieve them in a way that isn't so, it it feels so much more rewarding. When was the last time you checked to make sure your website was healthy? The only way to know if your website is serving your business and working correctly is to make maintenance a regular part of your to-do list. I've created a maintenance guide at lemonandthesea.com slash maintenance that will help you get a picture of how your website is performing, what's working and what isn't, and the things you can work on improving so that you can continue to show off your expertise and bring in more dream clients. Inside, you'll learn why website maintenance isn't something to put off until next week, 15 tasks you should be doing on a regular basis to maintain your website, and the tasks you need to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Get the guide at lemonandthesea.com slash maintenance. So can you give us an example of what one of those goals might look like and then how somebody could go about achieving them? Because I think money goals are generally pretty easy. You know, there's a number attached to it. But some of these other ones, we don't have you know, that number attached that we're working towards. Yeah, you know, and it is very easy to set the money goal and the monetary goal. And at the end of the day, you you will probably need to figure out, okay, let me give you an example of how this could work when you're thinking about service versus money. You might decide that you want to serve a hundred women this year to help them lose weight, for instance. So if you're a weight loss coach or you're a weight loss mentor, your goal could very well be to help a hundred women get fit and healthy. Now you can then start to think about, well, how is that, how can I break that out over the year? And I recommend setting like objective blocks or building a bridge to your big goal. Because here's another thing that I think causes a lot of anxiety in people is they set a big goal 
and they're standing on one side of the Grand Canyon and the big goal is standing on the other side of the Grand Canyon. How are you going to reach it? And the simplest way is to build a bridge. So I recommend kind of building a bridge of objective blocks that bring you to your big goal. So if your big goal is to serve 100 women, for instance, then you can build objective blocks by quarter or by month of how many women you need to serve that quarter. So for instance, you could know that you need to attract and sign 25 new women up per quarter for your program. And that way, then you can start to manage the goal better in your mind and release a lot of the anxiety and a lot of the swirling that goes around with the idea of how are you going to get to that big goal? Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think you're still having kind of a set number that you can look at and plan for, but you're breaking it down in a way that's a whole lot less stressful than just at the end of the year, either I reached this or I didn't. Exactly. And then you're starting to think about how you're helping people and how you're using your passion and your true purpose to help you reach your goals you're still going to have to do some math and you know figure out you know what that number would look like but i think it's better overall and it's better when you're st- when you're working towards setting and achieving goals especially if you struggle with anxiety of trying to look out at a big goal to think about the service piece of it and what really brings you into your business Okay, so do you have recommendations for how we should choose what we're focusing on when we're looking towards the future and doing this planning? You know, how can we kind of set this out so that we can move forward with less anxiety? I have a few recommendations that I love, and I have kind of created a method called, that I call the Plan for Success OSA method. And OSA stands for Objectives, strategies, and actions. And basically, you set those objectives and you identify what your objectives are that are going to add up to the big goal. And then you choose the strategies that support the objective. And then from there, the strategy is broken down into the action or the actionable items that you need to do to that align back to the strategy. Now, one of the things that you can consider depending on what time of the year it is for you. A lot of the times, if it's the middle of summer and you know that you're going to take a three-week vacation or you know that you're going to be taking you know, an extended break at some period of time, don't align the strategies that are high effort during that objective block, okay? So what I mean by that is some strategies are high effort and high impact, while other strategies are a little less effort, but can produce some some high impact or some medium impact. So it's great to consider how that strategy that you're going to choose, what the level of effort is that it's going to take to meet the objective. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the impact and effort. When we were chatting earlier, we had talked about this. So can you explain kind of what that is for people who maybe haven't come across it yet? So... Let me give you a real a real world example. If your objective is to bring on 25 new clients in your quarter, you might decide that your strategy for that is going to be creating a webinar. A webinar is 
high effort. You have to create slides. You have to set it up. You have to do a lot of promotion for it. You have to schedule the Zoom. You have to do a lot of things. So that is a high effort task, but it also can have a very high impact return. On the other hand, you might decide, well, I'm just going to create a new lead magnet and place some Facebook ads and do some list building. Now, that might be less effort, but still create a high impact of new leads coming in. Does that help kind of define what, how you can kind of measure high effort versus high impact? Yes. And so you're recommending that kind of as we look towards the future, we pick strategies that make sense for our schedule. So if for my maternity leave, when I go on that, it would not make any sense for me to be planning to host webinars during that because that would be a lot of work that I am not going to want to do. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, so you know, for instance, that you are planning a maternity leave and what you are doing now is creating, you might be putting in a lot of high effort now so that when you are in your block where you still need to meet objectives, right? But your strategy, you're not going to have time to implement strategies and implement actions, right? You're just not going to be there. Yep. So you're creating a lot of high effort now for impact later. You might decide that during that quarter that you're on maternity leave, where you still have objectives to reach that are going to drive you to your big goal, the big 2019 goal or whatever year it is, you still need to have a strategy. So yeah, you might choose like, okay, I'm going to create a new lead magnet and I'm going to outsource you know, the development of it or I'm going to outsource some of the copywriting. I'm going to outsource my Facebook ads for that quarter. So yeah, that's a great example. Okay, so do you have other recommendations for planning for the future? Yeah, you know, I really like to sit down at the beginning or at the end of every quarter or every objective block time period and think about and really map out those strategies on paper and write out all of the actions. I think it's so important to do that and get it on paper. And here's why. If you find yourself working on something, and we all do this, that doesn't align back to that strategy, you can then easily get yourself back on your path. And that's why we do the OSA method is because everything you do ends up aligning back to the objective. And so if you know that you're, you know, spending a lot of time working on something and you realize that really doesn't align back to my objective, you can quickly and and more easily or more simply align yourself back on track. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So it's kind of like taking your objective for the quarter or the month or whatever time period you're looking at, kind of writing down the steps you need to take so that you can go back and just make sure that you are getting those things done. And if you get distracted by stuff, which I do all the time, you have something to look back at so that you're not going, oh, wait, what was I supposed to be doing? And, you know, have no idea what the plan was. Exactly. And especially if you're in a a situation in the middle of one of your kind of objective blocks where you're implementing a strategy and maybe you're, it's the time that you're taking a vacation or maybe it's the time that you're on maternity leave and you're working out a new schedule for yourself and your family. You have 
this document, this method, this framework mapped out on paper so you can go back to it and you can, you know, look at the actions and say, okay, great. I'm working on that today. Boom. And you're back on, on your path to success. All right. Anything else for recommendations before we start talking a little bit about systems? I love to look at things in terms of like micro processes or micro projects. And you can really think of turning anything into a little project, which has a start, a middle, and an end. And when you think of little micro projects, it's often easier, like, like your objective blocks, to get your head around it. This is especially true if you struggle with anxiety because anxiety loves chaos. And the minute your head kind of begins to swirl about all these things you have to do, anxiety is going to attach to that and it's going to heighten the chaos that you're feeling in your mind. So I think any way that you can figure out how to break your projects into even micro projects, that will help you quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. I love that recommendation. I do this a lot with my client work because somebody will send me a whole list of things that they want done on their websites. And if I just look at that list, I get really overwhelmed and I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't know when I'm going to fit it in my schedule. But if I can sit down and kind of write out, okay, we need to do this little micro project. Then we need to do this little micro project. It's a whole lot easier to estimate how long it's going to take me and really motivate myself to get it done because I'm not trying to tackle everything at once. Instead, I'm looking at these smaller things that I can get done that I can say, okay, this part is done. Now I can move on to the next thing. That's a great example because especially in your line of work, systems and being systematic is really a great way to operate. And when you're dealing with other clients that are just throwing ideas and changes over the fence at you, which we all have happened, it can get to be overwhelming. And, you know, that brings up a really great point also that I think I want to make here before we move on to talking a little bit about systems. And that is go easy on yourself. You know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as entrepreneurs, going back to the beginning of this conversation. And you might plan it out. And, you know, the best intentions are great, but sometimes you get into the middle of something and you realize that you need to pivot. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. And you need to offer yourself some grace and roll with it a little bit too. You can always erase and scratch it out and, you know, create a new plan if the plan you thought was going to work doesn't work. Yeah, that's a huge one. And I love that you mentioned that. We all just need to remember that when we are planning, when we're doing business, because things don't go the way we expect them to. (laughs) That is for sure. I agree. (laughs) All right. So let's talk a little bit about systems. We talk about that a lot on the podcast, but I'd love to know what systems you think people should start setting up to help our businesses grow without getting overwhelmed. We hear a lot from a lot of people about all these things they have in place, but that can lead to anxiety when we think, oh, I have to get all of this together. But what do you think we should start with? Well, I think it's key, number one, to remember that when you simplify, success follows. And the simpler you can keep it, especially when you're starting out, the more success you will have. And so there are three systems that I think are really important 
that will help you, number one, look like a pro to your clients. It'll, they'll help you feel more confident because you have your act together. And, um, you know, it'll make you, it'll put you in a position where you can scale your business more quickly and you aren't scrambling or feeling like you're behind the eight ball. Now, systems means, you know, I looked up the definition of systems actually, and it says a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or a bigger complex whole. And so systems don't necessarily mean software. They mean steps that you put together to create something complex, right? Or something that works for you. And so I always love to create these little mini systems throughout my life. And, you know, you do it every day from how you brush your teeth to how you, you know, work, work on your computer and log on in the morning, for instance. And so all those little mini systems are embedded in your, in your working philosophies already. So when you're starting a business or you know, when you're growing your business, I think number one, you should have a system for scheduling. This I think is key because there is nobody that wants to go back and forth via mm-hmm. email trying to figure out how to schedule time with you. Yep. And I know that you use Acuity and I use Acuity as well. And that is a software that I think can make your life so much easier because it gives you two things. Number one, it makes you look professional that you have a system where your clients can easily schedule with you. And number two, it allows you to control your time. And that is key when you are managing clients, managing a business, and managing your life. Yes. Um, The second system that I think is really important that a lot of people don't always think about is a system to manage and keep track of client information. Jotting notes on post-its and letting them kind of be, you know, strewn across your desk is probably not the best way to store critical or sensitive client information. And for that, you can start with anything from Evernote or a Google Doc, and then from there, move into a system like, like what you use, Samantha, Dubsado, or another client management system. But whatever you do, however you decide to do it, whether it's manual or whether it's um, going to be a computer software, figure out your system for tracking client information. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that it doesn't have to be a, a big uh, software that you're starting out with. I mean, I started out in an Excel spreadsheet where I kept people's information. So do what works for your business, what you have as far as resources when you're first starting out, and then you can grow that as you have time and as you need to. Absolutely. Keep it simple. You know, whatever feels the most simple for you is what you should use. And I think that that's important. We, we love to follow our, our favorite mentor, or our favorite guru, and do what they're doing, but that might not be realistic for you. And then the third system that I think is extremely important is a system for collecting money. You know, when you are starting out or when you're growing your business, Venmo is not a professional way to collect money from clients. And I think that even if you set up a business PayPal account and start by sending invoices, you know, professional invoices with your logo on them through PayPal. I know, again, you use Dubsado, Samantha, and it has invoicing built in, which is just one of the best features. If you are already locked into FreshBooks or QuickBooks, 
use that to do your invoicing. But make sure that when someone says, I want to work with you, that you can confidently and seamlessly say, no problem. I'll send you an invoice. Yes. That was one that for a long time when I got started, I made all of my invoices myself in Adobe programs and it was so frustrating. They looked nice, but it was a lot of trouble. And so finding something like PayPal, it's pretty quick to set up and you can have an invoice that looks fairly professional and people trust PayPal to pay you. So that's a whole lot easier and you're not having to pay a lot of money to them or spend a lot of time doing it. Exactly. And I love, you know, going back to Dubsado for just a minute, Dubsado checks a lot of the boxes for people. And I love that you can do your invoicing right in there. I ask my clients the best way that I can send them an invoice. And quite a few of them will say, oh, just send, can I just pay you through PayPal? Great. I just send an invoice. It's Mm -hmm. easy. But there's tons of different ways. Just make sure you know your way to do it. Okay. So the three systems, I think... Those all make perfect sense. They're easy to set up when you get started and they are going to make you look a whole lot more professional. So those are things that I recommend people check out as well. The recommendations that you gave and just figure out how to get those set up and then you can do everything else as you need to and as your business allows for it. Absolutely. I think that that is, it's just, it's a key piece to feeling that confidence factor that you just even touched on. If you are just starting out and you are struggling with your business systems, it will reduce your confidence to serve your clients. And that's when people start to really struggle with imposter syndrome, or they start to feel like, I can't even figure out how to invoice. How am I really going to serve a client? Well, your unique gifts might not necessarily be invoicing clients, and that's okay. That's why you set up these simple systems in advance so it's seamless and so your confidence level you know, stays high and you can focus on really what you love to do. Right. And that really gets into my next question is, you know, what do you say to somebody who's putting off starting their business or who's putting off really getting themselves out there and talking about their services because they don't feel like they have all of this together? You know, I thought about this question so much and I get asked this question a lot and it's, it's hard. It can be very hard to step out from behind anxiety, to step out from behind what your subconscious tells you. But the reality is, is that if you are called to serve with whatever your special gifts are, it's a disservice not to step up. It really is. And there are people out there that need you. There are people out there that need to connect with you, that really need to hear your story so that they don't feel alone. Even if it's just helping that one person that is in the same situation as you step out from behind the shadows. You don't need a lot to run a business. And as your business grows, you can scale. If you just start with those three systems that we just talked about, I think that you'll set yourself up for success and there's, there's nothing that you can't accomplish in your business. Absolutely. I love that. So before we wrap up with some action steps, do you have anything else you want to share about managing anxiety and getting all of this stuff into place? Yeah, there are three 
action steps that I'd love to share with listeners. And the first one is when you're setting your big goals, I love to do this visualization and here's what it looks like. I know a lot of people say create big reach goals or stretch goals, but here's how I like to visualize it. Imagine standing on your tiptoes and stretching your arm up as far as possible. Maybe even your side is burning a little bit when you stretch up your arm. And when you're in this position, you can touch that goal. That's how I believe that people should set goals. My second tip is set a daily, single daily action. I call it an SDA, single daily action. If you're frazzled and you're, you know, have squirrel vision and you're all over the place, focus on one thing for the day. A lot of times people say, pick your three top things. Well, you can really only work on one thing at a time anyways. So commit to doing that one big thing for the day. Maybe you know that your day is crazy and you're only going to have 15 minutes to focus on that single daily action, but commit to yourself Spend the time that you say you're going to on that one thing and then work on that thing every day until it's done. Yeah, I love that because I feel like we do hear from people, you know, to pick your top three things, but you're really saying, especially when you're crunched for time, pick one thing and get that done and let everything else then fit into your schedule. Exactly. You can really only work on one thing well at a time. So I say pick the one thing. Do that one thing and then move on to your next thing. Okay. So what is the third action step? The third action step I like to do is every morning I will write a list of all of my to-dos for the day. And those can be things that aren't just that one single daily action. This is all like what I would call business housekeeping, picking up the children, et cetera, et cetera. Organize those, those daily tasks every day that you need to do. And just jot them down quickly before you start your day on a piece of paper. You can even rate them by what's most important, what's most urgent. Urgent things are usually things that are time sensitive, like at 345, you have to pick up the kids. So I like to create that list every morning and that just helps me stay focused so that I know when I get to that one big thing, I'm still going to be able to have time for it. Okay. Awesome. So I'd love to have you answer some questions that we ask to everybody as we wrap up here today. So the first one is, can you give an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business? Well, uh, I can give you a really good example of how serving my clients has actually helped me personally and professionally. And that is, when I help people that are working through anxiety, especially in their business, it helps me also manage my own anxiety. And the reason for that is because when you struggle with anxiety, I think you want to, people want to hide it. People feel ashamed of it. And being able to help somebody else makes me feel more human and more, more real in the work that I do. So that's number one is when I am helping a client and truly serving them, I can feel my own anxiety melting away. Okay. So the next thing is tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life or both. 
Well, right now in my business, I am loving building my private Facebook group. And, you know, I've tried to build a group in the past and I just didn't love it. But this year, now that I've gotten so clear on who I'm serving and how I serve them, I have just loved showing up in my Facebook group and providing free advice when anybody needs it and just really being there for people. And that's been just, I'm so looking forward to continuing that journey and building, you know, an intimate tribe of people that are growing entrepreneurs. And then in my life, one of the things that I'm just loving right now is we recently, my family and I moved to Arizona and we now live about six miles away from my brother and being able to see him and his family several times a week has just been one of the biggest blessings and gifts that I've actually given myself. And that feeling of closeness and being called to the family like that has really been such a blessing for me this year. And I look forward to exploring more around my new area with him and just being able to grow our relationship as friends and as siblings. Yeah, that's such a cool thing that you guys can do. Okay, so what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? Well, this year, my future is all about growth and playing big. And I don't want to show up small anymore. I want my my tribe to show up big. And I'm so excited for what that means and for opportunities like this to be on podcasts and to share and talk about anxiety more in a real way and help people show up for their businesses and serve others and just step out from behind the shadows to play big also. That's just, I'm so looking forward to that. Okay. My last question is, where can people find you online if they want to connect? Well, I mentioned my Plan for Success workbook, and people can find it at planforsuccess.co slash Samantha. They can download it there, and they can work through the OSA method. I think that'll help a lot of people. They can also go to my Facebook group if they get stuck working through it and ask me any questions. If they want to learn more about me or my business coaching, they can find me at buildsuccesswithwendy.com. And that's also where the people can find me on Instagram at buildsuccesswithwendy. Okay. And what is the name of your Facebook group? My Facebook group is called the Build Success Society, and they can find it at buildsuccesssociety.com. It'll take them right to the Facebook group. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun and I'm glad that we got to talk about this topic because I think it's something that people do really struggle with. And I love that you were able to kind of break it down and give actionable steps that people can take to make this a little bit easier for them. Thank you so much. And I'm so honored and so happy to see that people like you are embracing these conversations and really working to help your audience, you know, embrace entrepreneurship and just love it. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 